Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Prince of Peace podcast. Pastor Jonathan and I are sitting down together again today to dig into our sermon series, Spring Cleaning, and to just have a little bit of a conversation about the weekly theme. Before we jump into that, though, how you doing, PJ? I'm doing well. I just spent a week in the desert last week with a bunch of pastor friends as part of a conference with uh, large congregations in the ELCA, and it was uh, a great conference and actually had a uh, a lot to say about the kind of issues that, that we're talking about. Uh, we were talking about anxiety in ministry and um, thinking about just anxiety in our culture in general right now, and particularly how we as leaders deal with that in our communities, among our staff and among the people in our communities, and how we handle our own anxiety um, as leaders so that we can be more effective leaders. And, uh, you know, thinking about that, I was looking at a little article about cynicism, which was our theme for this last week, and Mm -hmm. spring cleaning and thinking about how we can work on the cynicism in our lives and and embrace um, our faith um, instead of uh, our cynicism and and what that looks like, and just thinking about the effect of cynicism on us. And um, the question was, how does cynicism hurt you? So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You can tell me if you what you think um, the answer would be. So being cynical prevents you from having meaningful relationships or being closer to others. Think that's true or false? That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, if you're constantly complain or often sarcastic, um, people will avoid you, it says, which is interesting. You know, oftentimes we Mm -hmm. think about that and um, using that as a way to disarm a conversation. We think we're just being funny, but if it's downright cynical, um, really is, can be off-putting. To I can think of somebody like that, actually, who yeah. will rem- remain nameless. But I can <laughs> I can think of somebody who kind of uses that, um, gets stuck in that trap. And I think you're right. I, I do think it's like, oh, okay, here's the same record playing again. Yeah. 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 What about um, the amount of money someone makes? Do you think they would make more or less if they were cynical? Hmm. Oh, will they make more or less? I don't know. That might be a little trickier, but I would think if they're always cynical, they're they're probably going to make less money. Yeah, it says people who are more cynical make significantly less money, which Hmm. is interesting because sometimes we think, you know, oh, we sound smarter if uh, we're being cynical about something. Yeah. Culturally, I think sometimes we lift that up as if that's somehow a good thing to say we're being shrewd, um, yeah. but, uh, but it shows a, a negativity that uh, ends up not translating well um, into the workplace. Um, what about uh, your health? Do you think being cynical helps your health? Well, actually, the funny answer to that, my dad had a theory in life. He always said, people who are really mean live a long time. <laughs> and I don't know, I, it's probably not true. It probably actually hurts your health. For lots of obvious reasons, but he he used to say, oh, that person's just always mean, man. They're spitting vinegar, he would say, and I bet they'll live to be 98 years old. Yeah. 
The research <laughs> says that uh, folks that are cynical have a higher risk of strokes and heart ailments. Um, so that again, that kind of higher yeah. anxiety and what yeah. that, that cynicism can create does not have uh, a good effect on your heart um, or um, your whatever system that would be. With. I think my dad was just thinking of his mom. <laughs> <laughs> like grandma's really grouchy, but I mean, people live a yeah. long time. <laughs> another, another health factor, um, two other health factors. One cynics are more prone to depression. They're also more likely to develop dementia. Um, so well, again, two things uh, that you would want to avoid as well. Um, so I, you know, one of the things to think about is there are positive steps that we can take in that process. Um, the first is like so many things, admitting that you're cynical. Mm. Um, so yeah. Lauren, can you admit the fact that you're, uh, Lauren's not a cynical person. I'm not very cynical. No. I can get into, I have my own moods. I have my sure. days like we all do, but no, by nature, I can say I'm not cynical. I don't think so, you know, but what about you? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm part of the Gen X. Uh, and, oh, that, and, that whole generation's when, got an edge to yeah, them. When they talk about our generation, cynicism is often one of the characteristics. And as Gen X people, we tend to pride ourselves on that. That you know, yeah, like there's we're, a pride. We're more realistic about the world than you, you know. Yeah, millennials, millennials, or boomers. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So uh, that is something that you're always kind of fighting against as a, a Gen X person. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I know. I you know I don't generally think of myself as a, a cynical person, but I certainly can go there and uh, certainly um, recognize that that trait within my my generation. Um, you know, it would be a fun exercise. We could name the most cynical members of Prince of Peace. No, <laughs> I'm top kidding. Ten. Top ten, right now. Top ten, right? Yeah. I'm kidding. No, we don't have any cynical no, people here. No. no. Um, so other <laughs> steps before we get ourselves in trouble. Um, Two that I somewhat go together, embracing positivity and then practicing gratitude, which is certainly yeah. one of those things we spend a lot of time talking about at Prince of Peace. And I think that's a very biblical kind of a concept, too, that, uh, right. you know, when Jesus was looking at those folks that were cynical around mm -hmm. him and that cynicism was certainly something that uh, that he picked up on. I love the one one of the books we use for uh, First Communion um, talks about the grumpy people around Jesus. Yes. Yeah, um, yep, yep. And, uh, the, you know, rah, 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 it kind of shows them doing those things. And, um, but it's also, you know, easier said than done um, to, uh, it really is a practice. I think it's important that it says practice gratitude. And I think right. that's one of the things we've tried to talk a lot about that, uh, that it's not simply saying be grateful. We have yeah. to practice our gratitude in order for that to, and it multiplies is what we find that yeah. if we practice gratitude, um, it leads to more gratitude. I think I think that's really great, and I think it's true. I mean, I think I also think that an, another device that can really help get us out of the rut of being cynical is uh, I th I think sometimes we don't fully process negative emotions, and I think when we don't really actually process whether it's grief or anger or fear or you know, an emotion that we'd rather not, it sort of lives under the surface with a low hum. And I think that's what also breeds cynicism. It's like, well, you know, okay, allow yourself then to actually grieve. Right. Grieve whatever is like breaking your heart or you're upset about. 
so that you can process and get through those emotions so that you're not kind of always a little bit grieving, which then comes out sideways. Yeah. 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 Um, a few other really great practical tips. Um, breathing, working on your breathing is is always a great idea. And you, it's amazing how much of a difference that makes if you've never been mindful of your breathing. Just look at that for a minute and slow yourself down. Take a deep breath in the midst mm. of the day and, and you'll often recognize how much you haven't been doing that. Yeah. Um, which goes along with being mindful, um, you know, being aware of yourself and, and where you are. And then a couple really practical things, being playful every day for at least five minutes. You know, have you yeah. been playful today? Hmm. Um, that's one of the ways that we can help um, not be cynical, which I think is also one of those things that leads us to that place of gratitude. Yeah. Um, I was getting ready to come back earlier and uh, Aubrey was outside and we were, need to get back, need to get back and do some work. But I see Aubrey outside blowing bubbles. And she was by herself, so I went out and blew bubbles with Aubrey for five minutes. Yeah. And amazing how much that does for you. It just does. To, um, take that time. Um, another one really important for today, limit your news consumption. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if we need to say more about that. I think we all recognize that. Um, another one, uh, reveal your true self. Be true mm -hmm. to yourself. I, you know. Oftentimes we end up getting cynical because we're just stuck in this rut of trying yeah. to be something, represent something that um, isn't isn't really who we are. And uh, I see that happen far too often as well. And I think, again, the gospel uh, is a wonderful tool there in terms of thinking about, you know, the fact that we are a beloved child of God, just as we yeah. are, and not trying to pretend that we're something else. Something else. Um, how about this one? Evaluate the company you keep. Ooh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that said another way, that's there's um you become like the seven people you spend the most amount of time with, or however many people, you know, that yeah. yeah. I think that that's very true. When you're around a cynical person or a negative person or somebody who's just always angry, it's gonna start to spill over into how you see the world. Yeah. And that is the next one. Spend more time with positive people. And to what you were just saying, because according to Jim Rohn, we are the average of the five people mm. with whom we spend the most time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That, that's an interesting comment. Um, and the final one is looking at people's best qualities. Yep. Which I, you know, I always go to, to Luther there. Um, Luther said that as looking at your neighbor's actions in the best possible light. Right. Um, and too often we, we look at the negative instead of the positive of what, uh, who people are and what they're doing. Right. It's easy to see the negative. Yeah. We yeah. have to work at yeah. seeing what's good in yeah. somebody. Yeah. So I, I just think those were, were helpful tips for thinking about our cynicism and, and how we live that out. How do you think that relates to you had your a great message this week about uh, cynicism and the difference between cynicism and doubt and yeah. how that interplays with our life of faith. How do you, how do you think those, <clears throat> those come together? Yeah, well, I was, you know, entered into this doubt and cynicism via, you know, the story of Thomas in, in Scripture. And I, <clears throat> I wanted to try to proclaim um, pretty clearly that doubt is a normal part of human life. And especially when it comes to matters of the divine, the sacred faith, that we all we all have doubts. We we all wonder and have a hard time believing or trusting in something that we can't see or feel. 
Um, but that, you know, the, the, the doubt or the cynicism, I think, can be an evolution of doubt. Um, mm. And I actually think as I was doing some biblical study, really looking at, you know, the, um, the text for this week, we've sort of put the, the English word doubt over Thomas and the whole story of doubting Thomas. But the actual phrase is, you know, do not be unbelieving. And this is a little bit of a stretch, a, a creative liberty that I took as the preacher, but unbelieving what? And, and I, connect, I tried to connect that back to the wounds of Jesus, you know, Jesus showing Thomas the wounds, the woundedness. And um, maybe it was that Thomas was at risk of not believing that life could be more than the wounds. Life could be more than the pain, more than the hurt, more than what is negative in the world. So do not be unbelieving that life can triumph, Thomas. So here, look at the wound, touch it, see the wound, but also see the rest of the story. And I think that's where cynicism really takes over in our lives is when all we can see is the negative and all we can see is what is bad or broken or, you know, failing um, in the world. And then, man, we're looking at the world through glasses that are, that are um, pretty dark. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm curious what, you know, how else people think about doubt and cynicism kind of working together. I think they're, they're closely connected, but I think they're very different things. Yeah. 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 We've often said that, that faith is not the absence of doubt. And I think that's one of the things you yeah. tried to emphasize in your sermon and, and so important for, for people to, to recognize. Cause I think, and I, I think you said this too, you know, when we start to think that way, that's often what can produce some cynicism, yep. you know, that, that I look at my life of faith yeah. and think it's supposed to be this, this absence of yeah. doubt and, and people get jaded by that and right. they think, well, how would I ever do that? Because this is who I am. And it's right. not as this, you know, article was saying, it's not embracing your true self. Um, I think yeah. that's one of those things in the church life that we try to, yeah. that that um, persona that we try to to put out in front of everyone, that I've got it all figured out, that I believe perfectly, that I, I don't worry at all about anything, I, I don't have any doubts, and that's just not true of anybody, that um, we all have some, um, some sense right. of doubt, and we have these waves where... There are days where we're just on top of the world in our faith and and uh, everything seems great. And then, you know, something hits you in the, the face the next yeah. day and uh, um, it leads yeah. to some doubts. And, you know, in order to not be cynical, I think we've got to embrace that as part of the faith journey instead of something that we're trying to avoid. Right. Right. Yeah, there are some days when we can cling to the promises of our faith, the resurrection, God's promise of restoring everything that's broken or fractured in the world. There are some days we cling to that promise, and I think we we cling to it tightly, and we feel it, and we're certain about it. And there are other days when we are just choosing to still trust in that, even when we don't feel that that is true. Yeah. You know, you look at the destruction around the world or in our own lives that we create or other people create, the chaos, how messy life is. And sometimes it's hard to believe that, but I think that's where faith and clinging to these promises is still important, even when we don't feel like it. Um, Those have been some of the greatest writings that I think have been helpful to me in the last years in terms of thinking about what Christian community is and, and the gift that, that Christ gives us in being a part of the body is that 
there are times where we let the body believe for us, mm -hmm. um, that we come in the midst of our, our doubts and our, our skepticism and our hurts, and we don't feel like we can believe and we can engage, but, but we're there in the body, and those are, there are others around us that believe for us and lift us up and yeah. carry us through those hard times. Um, well, in a, in, in a healthy body, in the healthy body of Christ, there's room then to have empathy where others can say, I know how you're feeling. I, I felt that way too. And an empathy, a sympathy as well. But then also the authority we hear through the gospel that um, the, of the truth, of the good news, of the hope. And uh, I think we need both of those. And I think that we find that in the body of Christ, like you're talking about. Um, when we don't feel like we have faith, we, there are others in the community who can show empathy, um, acknowledge where we are, but also continue to point to a greater story, a greater truth, something that, you know, hopefully we don't stay in that place forever. Yeah. But, um, and then we return the favor. <laughs> it's, it's a back and forth thing. Yep. I've shared the, the story before of being in college and going into the, the big chapel and wrestling with whether or not I felt called to ministry and sitting down in the great Weaver Chapel of Wittenberg, very holy space, thinking if I'm ever going to feel the presence of God, it, it's here. And so sitting there and saying, okay, God, tell me. Like it was on late Saturday night, it's dark in the chapel. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there by myself, like, God, tell me, am I supposed to go into ministry? Help me, you know, give me that sign and feeling nothing, mm -hmm. not having that sense. But what the, in the nothing, I ended up feeling a sense of peace that, uh, that I didn't have this great, amazing mm -hmm. sign, but yet, um, it didn't also destroy my faith that I could be okay with that, that space between, um, certainty yeah. and doubt and that I could live in there and that yeah. God would give me the gift of peace in the midst of that was probably the, the, the greatest gift and most important gift he could have, God could have given me in that moment, um, yep. probably more than, than some really clear sign. Um, that was a, a more sustaining gift for the reality of my lived faith over the last 30 plus years since then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good story. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I wonder, um, because I do think that cynicism is pervasive right now. I think it's everywhere, I, you know, and I, and I think that, um, our society, I don't know if there have been any studies done, you know, uh, over a period of time, are we becoming a more cynical culture, a more cynical America or society? It feels that way. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I think part of it is, is like you said, looking for the good, looking for the beauty, looking for playfulness in our world. And, um, and I think each of us has a sense of agency where we're also responsible for Hoping to try to cultivate this, not only in our own lives, but in our families and society and the world. And um, yeah, I, you know, so hopefully we um, we can say in a, in a short amount of time that, yeah, we went through a cynical cycle as a society, but things became more hopeful again. Or is yeah. it going to continue to become more and more cynical? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how far this can go. Right, right. At some you know? point, we have to we have to turn that corner. It's uh we can't survive as a society unless we, unless we turn that corner at some point. Yeah. We have to choose a different way. Well, and I think you think about the long history of humanity and, and of human suffering and of tragedy. And, and I think the stronger force has always been hope. 
I, I do. I mean, I think um, there have been a lot of tears shed throughout human history and a lot of injustices and a lot of real victims. And yet the human spirit keeps pressing on. There's a tenacity um, to being children of God, to being people. And, um, and I often think of, you know, our brothers and sisters in Haiti. If anyone has reason to be cynical, it's the most marginalized people in the Western Hemisphere. You know, if anyone has reason to truly think there is no hope, it's people living in a place like Haiti where the government is falling apart or non-existent. There are gangs everywhere. You can't afford to feed your children. And yet there is still something in the human spirit in the Haitian people that presses forward. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's where we also, you know, so a plug for our resurrection project, you know, that that's where I, another trap out of cynicism, I think is to, is to get our hands dirty and to commit ourselves to something bigger than ourselves. Right. And, um, that's why we do these resurrection projects, you know, to help resettle a refugee family, um, and to fund women in the central plateau of Haiti through the CLM program. Um, the, these are things that can help rewrite the story of cynicism in people's lives who have been real victims to oppression, injustice, cruelty. Well, let's invest in some initiatives, resettling refugees, microfinancing for women that, um, that help people discover hope, find hope, create a hope-filled life for their future. Yeah. And we get to witness that. It's the beauty yeah. of that. It's why when people have been to Haiti and been to a CLM graduation, uh, to go and you, to see the joy in those yeah. women, we always say we we gain so much more than we give in the midst of that um, because we, we get to witness that. And then that also just points to the witness that we're called to have as a hope-filled community here in this yeah. place, that we take that that hope that we experience in, in others in places like the Central Plateau of Haiti, and we bring that home. We share that. We point to that hope in the world and say, this is the way of, of God in the world. This is the way that we experience faith in the world through this hope-filled yeah. future that that we watch unfolding before us through the lives of these folks that have so much stacked against them, but but choose to see the world and the possibilities that are there. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's up for this next week? This uh, next week, what's the theme we're we are Diving talking about it. letting go of trying to do it all on our own and trusting mm. in God's provision. That's another big topic. That's another big topic. So yeah. looking forward to that and celebrating a lot of new members, a lot of the yeah. ways that God has blessed us as a community in this this last year. So hope everyone comes out. To, we'll have cake, too. Cake. Really 40, 40 new members. Amazing. Something to celebrate. Definitely you know, something to celebrate. 40 new members this weekend, and what a blessing that they are already to, to the congregation. Right. So yeah, something to also give thanks for. Well, we'll see you. We'll see you. If you're around in town in Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area, I'd love to have you join us in worship on the weekends, 5 o'clock on Saturdays, 8.30 and 10.30 on Sundays, or streamed online for folks all over the place. Have a great, hope-filled non-cynical week, folks. We look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.